Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello and welcome to Off The Beat and Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. Today's episode, I sit down with Jake Isaac and it is a delightful chat. We have such a nice not nice natter and you're going to love it and I can't wait for you to hear it. Before we get on with that chat, I have to do all the, the usual stuff that I have to do when I introduce a podcast. And uh, this is the bit that I know you always want to fast forward because you want to get to Jake and the good stuff. But don't, bear with me a second. Because I have to say thank you, and uh, and I always thank you a lot, because you are the people that have enabled this podcast to be fast approaching 500 episodes, and if you've just joined us for the first time, then hello, as I said, we're nearly at 500 episodes, so what I will say is when you get to the end of today's delightful chat with Jake, um, once you're done with that, go and have a look in the back catalogue, because... There's a big bundle of amazing chats to be listened to. You can hear me talking to the likes of the Foo Fighters, um, Public Enemy. I had a great chat with with, with Chuck D. Uh, you can hear me speaking to Leon Bridges. Uh, you can hear me speaking to, oh my gosh, the Killers, um, the Kaiser Chiefs, uh, the Kooks. Um, amazing comedians like James Acaster and Ed Gamble, um, some real heavyweight acting talent like Maxine Peake, Thomas Turgus, Michael Smiley, David Duchovny um, of X-Files. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, had a little chat with him. He loves his music. Um, super producers like Fatboy Slim, um, Butch Vig. Like there's 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 a big bundle of, of of stuff, and they're just a little cross section. Tommy Lee, a Motley Crew, going in my chat with Tommy. That's bananas, um, but they're all available for free. So um, wherever you get your podcast, probably where you're listening to this one right now. So afterwards, go and explore that back catalogue and subscribe. Leave us a little comment. All of these things really do help podcasters. Um, so yeah, so a big thank you uh, for for listening and supporting this podcast. I also want to thank Mr. Scroobius Pip and everybody over at the Distraction Pieces Network. Off the beaten track is very proud to be part of that network. It's uh, it's in the company of so many other amazing podcasts, and I urge you to go and check them. I would like to thank the team at the Blue Murder Club podcast. It's an incredible true crime podcast, and uh, and the team over there are responsible for producing this podcast. So go check out the Blue Murder Club and get your true crime fix over there. Okay, well, look, thanks are done. And I just also want to mention, uh, if you've explored that back catalogue and you still feel like you want some more, then let me tell you about how you can support this podcast. Uh, it costs you a dollar a month, so that's about 70p a month. I try and keep it as, as, as cheap as that because, well, country's in a bit of a mess right now, isn't it? And everybody's scratching around for their pennies. So um, if you can afford uh, uh, 70p a month, let me tell you what you get for that. Uh, so you get to watch all the episodes. I upload all the videos uh, over on my Patreon, so you can go and watch all the episodes. I put up mixtapes and radio shows uh, over there, so you can go and listen to little curated mixtapes and stuff and uh, to try and turn you on to some, some new music and some, some older tunes that you may not have heard or, or will feel really good hearing them again for the first time in ages. And also what I do over there is once a month I do a live show. I do it on Zoom, and so all the Patreons can come along. And it's really nice. It's it's a little chat where we pick a, a question from the podcast, and everybody comes along 
Uh, and I don't want anyone to feel that like you know it could be intimidating or anything. It's really not. It's a lovely bunch of people, and it's just a completely non-judgmental thing. It's not everybody trying to be cool indie kids. Um, and you, if you want to just turn up with your camera off and your microphone off and just and just watch it from afar, that's absolutely fine. If you want to come along and, and get involved, it's your chance to, to feature on the podcast. Um, you can go and have a listen in the, in the archives. I think there's I'll put a couple up for people to listen to. So go and have a listen. And you'll find out how much fun they are and how nice they are. And we do them each month. Uh, and so for that that dollar a month, uh, you get to come to the live show. You get about eight video episodes each month. Uh, you get loads of little mixtapes and radio shows and you also get access to a Patreon back catalogue of hundreds and hundreds of episodes and radio shows and, and all manner of stuff. Um, and you can find out about that at Patreon, which is p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash off the beat and track. So that's off the beat and track podcast. So that's be and not beaten. Um, I mean, your one-stop shop for, for all of that, and, and it will also um, direct you through to the social media profiles, because if you can give us a follow on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, that's always amazing, probably most active on, on Instagram. Uh, and so head over there, just search Off The Beat and Track, and uh, your one-stop shop for everything that I've just mentioned is the website, which is www.offthebeatandtrackpodcast.com. Do people still say www? It's not that easy when you've got a lisp like me either. Anyway, I think I'm done with, with all the kind of pre-chat. And uh, I'm now going to uh, let you get your teeth into some uh, some tasty chat now. Um, that was a bit Alan Partridge, wasn't it? Sorry. Um, please enjoy today's episode of Off the Beaten Track podcast with the delightful Jake Isaac. <laughs> It's off the beat and track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whipping. Okay, we are recording. Jake, how are you today? Doing good, man. Doing good. Good stuff. Good stuff. Nice and early, mate. I've got you out of bed early today. A 10 a.m. start. How's that working out for you? <laughs> I've got kids, bro. I've got kids. So <laughs> Good. Oh, good stuff. Good stuff. Um, one of the things uh, before we get on to um, the, the first track and, and intros, yeah, talking about being a creative and, and, and having kids and things like that, it seems a distant memory now. But I just want to sort of take you back to to lockdown and just yeah. tell me a little bit about how you found that, both creatively and personally. Yeah, like so. Um, Creatively, it was so. I literally, I was on tour with a, with an artist called Tori Kelly, and that weekend, I remember we were playing the Sunday. The Sunday we just finished a UK tour. The Sunday night we were supposed to play Roundhouse, and on paper she sold out Roundhouse. Um, what a venue! But when I went out to open for it, it was half full. And I remember, like my mate saying, "Oh yeah, Jay, I would come tonight, but I just don't want to risk. It. I don't want to get on the bus and whatnot." Uh, I remember going into lockdown thinking, like, literally everything's changing as we know it. And, um, and like, I think that was, like, that was, like, the first big sign for me. Anyway, a week later, um, somehow I ended up signing a new record deal. <laughs> and um, cause I, like, like, as, as with many people, I didn't have a clue of what I was going to do or whatever. Yeah. And um, I, um, I ended up signing this new record deal. And so I spent literally the majority of that year with the on and off lockdowns, making an album for my spare room at home. Um, so it worked out. It worked out pretty all right, you know? Yeah. I'm always interested as to when an artist finally, like you say, he was on tour. Uh, and so finding time to write on tour is few and far between. And yeah. do you feel, because I think a lot of us thought when we went into lockdown, well, look, the world will write itself in a few weeks and everything will be back to normal. And obviously, we, we got that wrong. Um, and I think as the reality sort of set in that, oh, hang on, we could be in this for a, a while yet. Did yeah. you feel a pressure to go, right, well, look, I've got time. I've got to write. Or is it something that that is more of an organic thing where it's like, look, I feel like I can write today. I've got some some ideas going around in my head. Or do you, or did you feel now I've got that time? I've got to kind of max it. Yeah, no, I, I think um, I was under no pressure to to be creative. 
in fact, I remember talking to some other my other mates like who in, who are in like the arts or whatever, and just saying we could panic and, and try and get ourselves all over social media and, and be super productive, or we could step back and use it as a time to craft something special and to reflect. We're never going to get a time like this ever again in history. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, and, um, and this could be a great time for us just to pause the to press pause. Yeah. And to, to chill out as not I mean, obviously you've got to make a living somehow, we'll figure that out. But if we can step back for a little bit. Absolutely. Let's talk records. Jake, I'm gonna ask you to tell me for the first track, the song that you regard as having the greatest ever intro. The greatest ever intro has got to well, it's it's got to give it up by Marvin Gaye. Has to be that. There there it's, was no qualms about that, was there? Straight in. <laughs> it's like it's like a party before the party starts. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, it's just, it's ridiculous. Like, yeah, it's old school, but you don't get that anymore. Like, where you just got vibe. Like, yeah. just people having a good time. Like, the party yeah. <laughs> as the intro. Like, yeah. I feel like the way the way people made records them time, they were looking for a feeling, which yeah. now we're looking for a stream. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> well, that's really interesting that you you, you you say that, Jake, because that kind of is a question I love to ask um, musicians, and and that is when you look at you look at, let's use Marvin Gaye as a great example. Um, yeah. If you look at the you know if we fast forward past the kind of the early Motown you know beautiful bits of pop, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. and then you look at you know was it sixty four. Five sixty six when he decides he's going to make this record, uh, yeah, yeah. and and Barry Gould is like, "What, what the yeah. fuck's this? There's no, there's no hits on here." You know, goes on to be the biggest selling record in history of Motown. Yeah. But but you know, and and that is a vibe. You know, that is a concept record. It's a political record, and absolutely, and and with that, he you know he he bucked the trend. And and you know, when you look at pop music at that point, Motown was the kings of it. You know, perfect yeah. pop songs, and so yeah. what? What I want to ask you is, as a as a creator and and, and and a songwriter, being influenced by by people like that, whose music, if you took what's going on to a yeah. record label now, they'd be like, "Whoa, where's where's the single? What, what what's this? Yeah. This this this, yeah, this yeah, goes yeah, on for yeah. eight minutes. What's this? Where's you know?" Yeah. And so, with, with all of that in mind, and the fact that now you said, like you say, you're trying to get a stream. And and the intro is the integral part of this question, really, because yeah. so many, and I say pop acts, I guess, um, are working to that formula of like, well, I want to get on TikTok, and I want, I yeah. want to really tune into these the, the next generation's very yeah. rapid thumbs and fast attention spans. Yeah. yeah. Does any of that filter through into your creative process? Do you know where I'm going with that question, Jake? Yeah, it's no, a bit all over the place. Exactly. Yeah, no, 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 no. It's really, it's actually really clear. Yes, is the answer. Unfortunately, but it's because I work with a team. I work with, do you know what I mean? I have my team of distribution label. I have a team around me, and their job is to ensure that my music gets out as far and wide as possible. Um, and there's a monetary return on that as well. Um, which actually does great because then I get to save some pennies for my children. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. but, um, but I feel like the the art amidst having a team or amidst what's going on um, on TikTok or whatever else, it's actually down to the artist. The artist integrity is the artist's responsibility is to maintain the artist integrity, mm. like to navigate that line of what feels good um, versus what will get people's attention. Um, I think. I mean, I would hate to be, and I say this with all due respect to so many artists, millions of artists across the world, I'd hate to be starting out now. Yeah. I'd actually hate it. With my personality type, with the way I am, <laughs> I would hate yeah. to, um, to to start an artist career now. Yeah, yeah. I hate it. Um, I think, I think, yeah, I, I think I'd get swallowed up. I wouldn't be able to do it, like mental health-wise, let alone creative process let alone what I just but I realized even now doing it for for a while and as well as like when I talk to my peers like whether it be JP Cooper or Jacob Banks or whoever else um like 
I think the further up the chain you go, like what, what, even like my mate Ed Stewart, like he's looking for, I know he's got the formula down, but he's still battling for, and many artists are still battling for the feeling, the feeling yeah. in finding that feeling in music. Because there's nothing, like you can re- release a formula. So let's take Ed for it. He's a legend, one of the like soul of the earth type guys. You can release something like, um, I don't know, you can release like a, a, a typical formulaic type song, which is great for radio, great for streaming. But then there's nothing like, um, um, what's his song? Thinking Out Loud. Like, uh, 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 Do you know what? You know, it come on the radio this morning. Yeah. And 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 that's forever going to get played at weddings. That's it's, exactly. For, it's, it's got a exactly. feeling. Like, that'll be on like the Hearts, Heart FM. That'll be on the like Magic FM for years. Yeah. Um, and he knows it. Yeah. The world knows it. There's just those types of songs. And I feel like, with particularly on my journey, the more I'm leaning into what does a timeless song, what does a classic song sound like? What does, um, and, and, and it's a battle, man. It's a battle. Um, so that's why I say the question you asked made total sense. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's just hard. It's actually really hard. It's balance, um, right? Trying to get it right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. I have a, just like, last like, I have a, I have a, I know, I know an artist. I played guitar for years ago. An artist called Cleo Soul. She used to be in the grind, like particularly BBC One Extra World, and she used to make like pop R&B songs. Anyway, that didn't work out the way it did. Gave it a couple of years, and she she's always been a great singer. She came back in, and she just started making soul music, like the way she likes. She became a mother. She's made one or two, three albums. Like she's not all over TikTok. She's not all whatnot. And she just sold out two nights at the Royal Albert Hall in thirteen minutes or something crazy like that. Like, like people want the feeling. Yeah. But we've got as artists, we end up contending for the stream. Yeah. Because of the pressures around us. Yeah. Um and I think it's just about finding out what works for you, who you are, and being integral to that. Sorry for the thank you for coming to my TED talk. <laughs> <laughs> well it's been a lovely chat. Thanks, Jake. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate. Well, yeah, I'm gonna yeah, take you back. Funny, I'm yeah, going to yeah, take you on. back for track two and uh, I'm going to ask you to tell me the first song that you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you, please, mate. It must be I Love You, Porgy, uh, oh, the Billy Holiday version. Um, I, You ever hear a song and you think that the, the singer's singing to you? It's one of those moments. Um, in school, like secondary school, when all my mates are listening to Garage and, and So Solid Crew and Mega Man and Neutrina and all them guys, like I would come home and I would turn on Jazz FM back in the day, Jazz FM when it yeah. first started, and they'd do like late night dinner jazz, and I would I would literally go up to my room and do my homework, and I'd listen to choose like that, and um, that was that song will always be special to me. Where where was growing up? Growing up was South London, Crystal Palace, um, yeah, Gypsy Hill. Um, You're smiling. Fond, fond memories of them times. Yeah, man. Come on. Walking to school, like I went to the boys' school uh, up the road from there for Crown Point from St Joseph's, and um, I'm, just the memories, just the band are uh, like there were. I went to a boys' school, but then there were like three girl schools around surrounding the school. <laughs> so you can imagine, like all of us, all of us like, what? <laughs> it was, it was, mate. And the summers with like where the sun goes down later and. It's just good memories, man. It's good memories. In regards to the um, the Billy Holiday track, if you had to pinpoint the actual emotion you got yeah. from that, what's the emotion? Longing. I don't. I think um, just that song always. The way she delivers it is, uh, she delivers it in a way which I think me and probably millions of people in the, around the world want to be loved. The way she sings it, it's like, um, I'd love for someone yeah. to long for me that way. And I think that's what hit me so hard. Yeah. I'm also intrigued to know, like, when you're, like, 13, 14, yeah. one of your mates grabs your headphones off your Walkman and they're just like, what the fuck's this guy listening yeah. to? <laughs> <laughs> well, well. Luckily, that never happened. <laughs> yeah, no, but in hindsight, what? you nailed yeah. it, right? <laughs> you yeah, you was listening to the right stuff. <laughs> yeah. 
Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I think I would have, I would have just been like, they would have asked another, and I think my, my immediate go-to conversation would have been, well, how does it make you feel? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because them kind of records, it's again, it's like that time. It's like they got to give it up. Like they just make you feel something. Yeah, yeah. And you can always, yeah, you can always get into conversation with that feeling. Absolutely. And that feeling, to, just to touch back on on, on the Marvin Gaye records, it's impossible not to mention blurred lines because, yeah, <laughs> because that feeling still works yeah. forty absolutely. years later. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, let's reimagine that. The legal <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> Totally. Okay. Well, look, we, 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 you've touched on school friends and things like that. So let's let's talk school. Tell me about the song that reminds you of your time at school, please, Jake. It has to be um, "I'll Bring You Flowers." Prisoners of Base. Yeah. It was um, it was a massive garage tune back then. Um, um, that and um, "Sweet Like Chocolate." Yeah. Um, just massive garage tunes that yeah. were everywhere. Like every car driving up every road. At some point, turned down the windows, and those are the tunes that were coming out. And um, and yeah, and I got to get through this by Daniel Benefield. But I'll bring you flowers was probably like it was summer that yeah. was like yeah, man, where people were wearing like crazy mach- crazy machino jeans and yeah, all kind of, <laughs> that kind of madness, like skinny jeans. It was wicked. And and do you know what that whole fashion and style and the music? It was so British, wasn't it? And so London. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And yeah, that's that. Yeah, that made me proud to be a Londoner. Yeah, <laughs> that made me proud to be a Londoner. Did you enjoy school? Yeah, I did actually. It has its ups and downs as usual, but I really enjoyed it. Um, that was like I got chucked in the deep end, especially secondary school. Like what life's like, and what do you mean? But, um, like just you just get exposed. I mean you're a teenager going through puberty and then you, you just get exposed to all this, like all these different ideas and backgrounds and, but you know what I mean? Like <laughs> there was some weird stuff and there was some crazy stuff. And like, it was just school was, was amazing. It was where, for me, where you, where you lead into a sense of community. Um, you find your mates, you find those you can do life with. And I'm still mates with some of those guys now, you know? Did you so feel like you found your tribe at school then? I found some of my tribe there, yeah. yeah. Life changes the older you get, obviously, we know, but there are one or two guys who, when you fast forward later on down to life, where we are now, we've all got families and whatever else, we're having similar conversations and we're giving advice to each other because yeah. we're kind of on the same page, which is beautiful. Yeah. Did you know what you wanted to be when you was at school? Yeah, I wanted to be a pilot. <laughs> Ambitious. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be a, a rock star or a pilot. <laughs> Set the bar high, mate. Set that bar yeah, high. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, always wanted to be a pilot. So, how did, I, I mean, from what I know, m- music was something that was always kind of around you. You was, you was, you was, yeah. you was learning instruments yeah. and that from quite a young age, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Was music, was home a musical place? Nah. 
we didn't we didn't even listen to the radio, mate. And it wasn't because like my family were weird or anything. We didn't listen to much of the radio, just because my parents were really interested. My dad read a lot of the newspapers or whatever. Um, and then when it came to TV, we had a black and white TV for years, <laughs> just because mum was like, oh, I can't be asked to pay no colour TV license. <laughs> um, but I'd, at my cousin's house, like I'd go over there and then he'd have like MTV on, and I'd see Michael Jackson thrill, and I'm like, what is this? In colour. So <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, man, like it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't particularly musical yeah. at all. Yeah. Um. So tell me a little bit about how how music kind of started to filter through into in regards to sort of playing. Yeah, yeah. So I grew up, I grew up in church. My old man, he was a pastor. And, and um, so I grew up in church and like full of music, um, which is stunning. Like it's, it's a part of who I am and many musicians in the world came through church, <laughs> um, including Marvin Gaye and whoever else. Yeah. Like, And it just felt like that is like, crash course in feeling you know when you when you're growing up in that that's a crash course in what feels right what feels good um certain nuances musically um and uh also there's high competition because like for every five-year-old kid sat behind a drum for, for every one of me there's another three of us like waiting for our turn to play drums do you know what i mean um and that was great man like yeah that was great i'll, I'll, I'll forever be grateful for that for that time of my life um, and I just kind of followed that, really. I kind of followed that. I used to, at one point, after when I realised the pilot thing wasn't going to work out, um, I um, I pursued being a session drummer for a while, and I did that playing on like old jazz, like jazz artists, rock and roll artists, um, just because a lot of my peers were playing on pop gigs, like David Snedden and Daniel Bedingfield and whatnot. Um, and so I would kind of, I'd, I'd kind of find. Other, other types of artists to work with until I landed my first pop gig playing for Duffy um, and then I had to cross the bridge and like well, you know my mum said that you either do this or you finish your studies and so I, find, I felt the pressure so I finished my studies but music's always been there man yeah. um, and it's just been coming out in different ways yeah okay tell me the first song that you bought from a record store First song I bought from the record store was actually "Got to Get Through This" by Daniel Benefield. Tell me yeah, about your, tell me about your relationship with the with the record shop. Was it something that that became an, an important part of your life? <laughs> yeah, well, actually, do you know what? It was um, the whole idea of buying music was when I first bought that tape was new to me, um, just because I wasn't used to. I've never done. I've never done it like. Um, and it was special because it was like, wow, this this feeds me inspirationally, what inspiration wise, until I buy something else. Yeah. Um, and that was special. I remember like when my mum and dad bought me my first like CD player. Like I was I was like, oh my god, this was like this is huge. You know what I mean? Like this is incredible. It was also literally huge. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, man, buying that for myself, spending my own money and buying buying that was um was special also it was great because Daniel was like a friend of the family as well so it was just good on all levels like to support a mate um or to support someone we know and 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 also just to have something have a have have some music in your house which which is popular and to get inspiration from yeah I want to also just touch on um what you were saying about you know playing for you know you mentioned Duffy who was absolutely huge you know you know yeah, you know a legit superstar um and yeah I'm, I'm i'm curious as to when you how young you was when when this was happening the fact that you went back to your studies yeah. like how and 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 you, you know you learned drums uh through the church like to then find yourself playing a, a as a session player at a level that puts you in you know in a band with duffy like yeah. how, how easy did 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 drumming come to you? Did it feel natural? Yeah, man. Like it was a language to me. Like, and now I'm, I've just—it's just become like music in general is a language to me. It's a way of saying the things I can't say. Um, I think playing with playing with Duffy wasn't a big deal to me. Um, I was glad I didn't keep 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 doing the gig and whatnot, and it was all good. Like, um, but I feel I feel like it wasn't a big deal to me because I was like, I'm just, I'm just happy to be playing music. 
yeah. let alone getting paid for it. Do you know what I mean? I was just like, this is great. <laughs> um, and um, but again, things work out. Things work out for good, don't they? In the end, like by me going back and doing my studies, I ended up continuing to write little love songs in my room. And now, a couple of years long, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'm, I am where I am. Was your creative side encouraged at school? Uh, by my music teachers, yeah. Um, um, they like. I remember when I wanted to, I wanted to learn bass, and they were like, "Look, there's a bass guitar sitting in the music cupboard. No one uses it. Why don't you take it home for a couple of months?" Like they, they saw, and I was rubbish at theory, like studying like a rock period and all that classical stuff. They knew I was rubbish, but they knew that actually my musical intuition, I was hungry. But that's um, the, so that, they, that's they the feeling bit, isn't it? That's the feeling yeah, bit there. You can you can Definitely. read it and play it, or you can Definitely. play it and feel it, right? Defo, defo, defo. I'd love to be able to do both, but I'm just grateful for the people then that, that encouraged me just to go with what I could do. So yeah, yeah. Okay, let's go clubbing. Tell me about the song <laughs> that soundtrack your years clubbing, please, mate. Oh, mate, in the club by Fifty Cent. Oh, it's a particular uni. I was just there's a like literally, literally. There was probably like one time where. Like at uni, they had different floors. They had like the cheese floor, they had like the chill floor, and then they had the R&B floor. Where, where, where was this? Where was uni? It was in Cheltenham. I went to uni in Cheltenham. Right. And um, I studied marketing over there. And um, I remember going into this club, like my mates, like on a student night, and literally, I think, walked in on the cheese floor, went down to the R&B floor, then went up to the chill floor, like just to chill out and just get... All three of them were playing the same song at the same time. Like, <laughs> yeah. It was like... Like on the cheese pot, like this isn't even cheese. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But it was it was huge and it was everywhere and and then all like do you know what I mean? All my mates were like, "Raw, oh, you know, fifty cent." Like he's packing it and he's, he's he's a bit hench. Like we should probably like get in the gym <laughs> and it's on in the gym. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like with the video of him upside down, you know. Um, um, but yeah, it was good, man. It was it was it was a yeah, it was a it was everywhere. It was everywhere. And it was a great vibe. He's such good a tune. It, it felt to me that. The Fifty Cent, in, in certainly in the UK, just went from nothing to just superstardom so quickly. That oh, tune right, just dropped, it? and then it was like bang. <laughs> you know, he's like hip hop royalty. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tell me about your relationship yeah. with, with, with hip hop because I, I, I'm, I'm very. You know, you, you've obviously just mentioned Fifty Cent there, but as a drummer, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm curious to know more about your your. Your, your love of, of hip-hop if there yeah. is one yeah i think um that kind of kicked in uh a bit later because i didn't really get into like american culture that i wasn't i wasn't like overtaken by that um it was always there like childhood growing up that that american culture hip-hop um r&b i remember like um swv destiny's child usher um, uh, Little Bow Wow, uh, Mario, Chris Brown when he first started out, um, and then like R and B and hip hop from America, I didn't really, it wasn't really my thing. Um, I was more interested in like Paul Simon or uh, or Billy Holiday or Ella Fitzgerald or um, Motown, um, and I think my Motown thing was inspired for two reasons, like I knew that. Michael Jackson, the Jacksons was coming from that machine. Um, and also, um, uh, my dad would often listen to Reverend James Cleveland, who's like Aretha Franklin times and and whatnot. And so I, I found myself listening to quite a bit of original music like that. Um, so yeah, man, hip hop wasn't really front and center for me. Yeah. And I was cool, I was cool with it. I, I appreciate it now, I appreciate it now. and. Um, but yeah, in regards to we, we touched on the fact that um, Robin Thicke used, you know, stole used, however you want to put it, uh, <laughs> the, the, the Marvin Gaye track. Uh, for somebody that's been making music from a very young age and playing music from a very young age, when you listen to music now, and we'll get on to uh, to, to some new music. Uh... Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code GLOW. Um, in a moment, can you distance yourself from the musician in you and the the creator in you and just listen to a, a record on face value or are you, Absolutely. you you're not deconstructing it no 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 i can again because i'm i think my primary as a listener the primary thing that i'm looking for is the feeling yeah so i can listen to a record and be like this is a banger like i just like it's changed the room like you know you listen to a song and the room that you're in feels different yeah and that might be for better or for worse, do you know what yeah. I mean? Um, I can, yeah, I can, t- I don't, I'm not deconstructing like, what drum samples did they use and all that, or, yeah. or uh, what mics did you think they used there? Nah, I'm not, I'm not a nerd like that. I'm, yeah. I find that coming from being a musician, I'm, my immediate thing is to look for how does this make me feel? Yeah, absolutely. Do you know, do you know what? It's, it's, it's really weird. I went to see, a, a few years ago, I went to see uh, Brian Wilson um, perform oh, yeah. Pet Sands. And, and obviously, yeah. as, as a record that he's, very unique and it's been deconstructed by every chin scratcher on the planet and and it was beautiful to hear this record being played in its entirety and and you could you know there were the i imagine some of the greatest session musicians in the world were on that stage and and there was so much going on is it theremins and whatever they're called it was was madness (laughs) and you could you could sort of see that people were saying all right so how are they making that right and then he played god only knows right and he went right Everyone just left the stage, piano, one light on him, and he just played God Only Knows. And it was like, oh, that's the feeling. That's it. That's what this whole thing's about. And no one cared about anything else. It was just like, oh, yeah, Yeah. that's in its its bare bones. It's it's the feeling that that band create. And, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, Stu, can I just want to get my my laptop charger? I'm on 7%. Is that all right? Of course, of course. One second. No worries. Right, I'm going to carry on um, chatting to myself uh, while, while Jake goes to get that. And uh, I, I can't recommend enough that you go and check out uh, the music that, 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 that Jake's making and uh, head over to Spotify and, and check it out because there's some absolute uh, beautiful pieces of music on there. And we're about to get on to something uh, next uh, when I take him uh, back to his home county and we have got a beautiful track uh, to discuss there. And he's back. That was a stealth journey to get... Uh, uh, uh. I'm sorry, man. I was like, why did you like... Oh, no. Sorry, guys. I'm sorry. I'm professional. Shocking, mate. Shocking. Um, I'm going to take you home uh, for this track, mate. And uh, for track six, a favourite song from an artist from your home county, please. Uh, favourite song um, would be uh, Perfect Ruin by a guy called Quabs. That'd do it, wouldn't it? What a tune. Yeah, he um, we actually went to um, we actually ended up for a period of time going to the same church, like we went to the same church growing up, and um, and his parents, great peeps, um, like, and he never, but back then he wasn't singing, and um, and um, <laughs> it wasn't really like going through it like that, um, and so like a lot of us around were like, right. Oh, Mate, your voice is insane. Like, <laughs> and he carries so much. Um, he carries so much emotion. He carries so much um, 
and I think this song, that song, Perfect Ruin, was just, I don't know, It's again, it's that feeling in it. You hear it even just like from the piano when it first starts, you're just like, it changes the room. You're, yeah. you're, by the end of it, like there was periods of time I was like, what is this guy singing about? And I don't, I don't even know, but yeah. I'm like, I want to cry. <laughs> yeah. It's stunning, man. Really good. But it, it, it's strange, isn't it? Because some people will absolutely pick apart lyrics and and try and bend them to suit their own lives and their own worlds. And yeah. and, and, I, and I had a, an interview with, with Noel Gallagher, and and you know who's wrote some of the the most I guess iconic you know guitar rock records in history. And yeah, he was yeah. like, "Yeah, I don't really know what that's about." He, but he said like the, the words fit, and you know you just yeah, think yeah. really. And like, oh, yeah. but I think if you get that vibe, if you look at "Don't Look Back in Anger," yeah, like it it could be about anything. But you know that in football stadiums, thousands and thousands of people are going to scream that like their lives depend on it, and it's like <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? <laughs> totally, it's the feeling, man. Yeah, need more of it. Um, I want to ask you a little bit. I mean, you you was talking there. Uh, about your friend who had a voice and 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 wasn't doing anything with it, and you know, you were yeah. like, you know, you got to you know move on this, and 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 from drumming at, at, at church at a young age and, and finding your voice and things like that. Tell me about confidence. Were you confident then? Are you confident now? Tell me about how you you know you, what what your relationship is with confidence. Um. <clears throat> I think I am. I, because I actually don't use much of that word. I think the the longer I've been in this music journey, on this music journey, the terminology I use is I've become more comfortable in my own skin. Yeah. Um. The the reason, and some might say that's oh, just semantics, Jake, but the reason why I say that is just because confidence talks of a. I think an outward expression, like, uh, and that can come across one of two ways. You can either come across as like an absolute twat or like, like it can be a bold confidence. Yeah. But I feel like I look at the inner perspective of being confident in my own skin, um, being comfortable in my own skin, sorry, because um, the reality is nerves are going to kick in at some point. Yeah. Um, the reality is like you're going to be put in a situation where you're going to have to sing your socks off in front of maybe a thousand or ten thousand people or whatever um, and if you know who you are yeah you might feel a bit shaky but once you know who you are you can always be authentic to what you sing um, that's just my perspective like, I, w- I want what, what comes out of me to be a real reflection of who I am and what I'm feeling uh, whether I feel confident in a room or not I, I still want to be myself um, so again like some might say some things, but that's that's kind of how I see it. Not at all. Yeah. I, I, I totally agree. When you when you in the company of somebody that's very comfortable in who they are, that gives yeah. off a, a a confidence. That gives off it a, a, a comfort, yeah. and and yeah, a, absolutely. Um, do you do you experience imposter syndrome at all? Oh, hundred percent. Everyone does. Yeah. Um, You're mental if you don't. I think you're a yeah, narcissist if you totally, don't. Totally. 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 Um, yes, I do. In fact, um, just because I, I, I don't, I didn't plan to be. It's like, like even t- today doing this with you, I didn't plan to be. Oh yeah, I'm gonna, you know, when I release it, I'm gonna be doing some great podcasts. And I'm not that way inclined. Yeah. Um, and so when something comes along, I also think it's it's imposter syndrome. It's it's probably a little bit healthy because it helps you to maintain a heart of gratitude as well. Like, yeah. I never want to be complacent and just take moments like this, talking about music and journey and feeling. I never want to take that for granted. Yeah, yeah. Um, like even as a dad, as a parent, as a, as a partner, as a spouse, I, I, I just, I'm constantly like, I'm, I don't, I get to be these things. Yeah. I'm rubbishing. Like I get, I'm learning every day. Of this yeah. Today's another day to learn about being this. Yeah. And I think that sense of imposter syndrome helps keep a, a, a perspective of humility, particularly creatively. Um, um, but yeah, again, you've got, you've got to walk that line, don't you? Because it can also be damaging if you, if you lean too much into it. Of course, of course. Confidence aside, um, I mean, it, initially you was going to try and be a pilot 
uh, and and you've chose an equally uh, tough uh, industry to work in, which is the music industry. Um, tell me about how driven you are. Um, <laughs> I see what you did there. Um, yeah, I think I think um, I I am driven, but not in a not in a. Oh, I need to do this. I want to do this. I'm kind of more like, what am I building? That's probably like one of the questions I ask myself, and I've had like a lot of my mentors ask me as well. Like, Jake, what you're building? What is like? If I die tomorrow, how will I be remembered? What will show that I was here? What mark did I leave in the world? Yeah, and um, and I think that's what drives me. That's what. Yeah, there's the music, but also there's my family. Like stuff. This, what's the stuff that I'm building? I want. That that's my key motivation. Uh, we all have a limited time on this earth, and um, I, I'm really wrapped up in how I how I'll be remembered. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's 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 what drives me. Um, yeah. Totally. So you focus more sort of sort of long game and legacy. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> so my mind will often wander down three, five years at a time, ten years at a time. But I've, I've learned to do three to five. Um, just because I think I think it's a little bit less overwhelming, um, and um, I just think through yeah, just whether it be financially, time wise, creatively, um, just with what I have in my hand. All right, what's possible to build? How can I build on stuff in that time? I think for me, it keeps me healthy. I, I think that's a really healthy way to look at it, you know. And I, and I think it's a much calmer approach to to it if you look long time uh, sorry yeah. at the long game because to go full circle back to where we started in this podcast about yeah. five second swipes of records on, yeah, on tiktok yeah, yeah, and yeah, you know yeah. the world yeah. is a very very fast place now isn't it everything's Absolutely. instant and and Absolutely. that's not healthy that's definitely not healthy <laughs> and that's not good for that's not good for your, your your mental health the way that the world is is, is so quick and i think to, yeah. to certainly if it's something that you're passionate about which is your music and your family and things like that to to look long term, yeah, that's got to be the right way to do it. Totally, totally, totally. Trying to anyway, it's been working so far, so I'll let you know again. <laughs> <laughs> right, this is your last track, mate, and uh, cool. and this is where you get to play what the kids call an influencer. Um, uh, tell me a song that you think many people may not know that you would like them to hear, please, mate. Georgia by Emily King. Um, she's from New York. Uh, I think her, she's got Hispanic heritage and um, she used to actually be in like R&B world in America, like with some of those bands I mentioned and it didn't work out. Well, I think she got signed um, as a token, like Hispanic R&B type artist and um, it wasn't working for her. And she kind of took time out and she came back just making music that she loved yeah. and she made an EP called seven and um there's a song, the song which is actually the biggest, I think, for her and for me personally, off that EP was a song called Georgia. Um, and it's just musically, just she samples like some 60s string, 60s type strings. And, and it's just like, it's just, it's like a, a, a burst of art, like a burst of colour, like looking at a, looking at an art piece with a burst of colour. It's, it's stunning. I think it's stunning. Um, and it's the kind of music where it, you can listen to it on a drive. Um, that whole EP you can listen to on a long drive. Or if you're having a glass of wine before you go to bed, you can just put on that song. And it it's just beautiful, man. Yeah, absolutely. I'd, I'd not heard of her before. When you sent the tracks over, um, and I, I, I put this on, it was one of them, oh, hang on a minute. So let's sit down yeah. and just breathe this one in. And, yeah. and it's yeah. got almost like the, at, the, at the beginning, it's got like a sort of like a lo-fi feel to it as well. Yes. It's, Definitely. It's, Definitely. It's, it's, it's magical. And, uh, and, and what we do, Jay, is we put together a little Spotify playlist to accompany the podcast so people can go and listen Amazing. to that and yeah. and and, uh, and every other track. Yeah, if, I, if I'd known that, I would have put all my own music, man. Well, <laughs> we, 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 we always put some of your <laughs> tunes on there as well, mate. So let's talk about your tunes uh, as we start. Sort of nah, I'm joking, I'm rap, joking. Rap, I'm no, joking. We, we've always got to put the artist music on there as well. So no brainer, mate. <laughs> right, well, look, we can, we can do the shameless plug bit now, mate. So, uh, oh, so what's happening? Tell us what's happening with the music, mate. 
Well, I've got, <laughs> I've got a, an album coming out, uh, my third album called For When It Hurts, coming out on the 14th of April, yeah. um, wherever people get the music from. And um, I just announced on the weekend, actually yesterday, yesterday I announced uh, doing a tour, UK and Europe tour, um, playing Thekla, Bristol, Coco, London, Band on the Wall in Manchester, uh, Amsterdam, we're playing Hamburg, uh, Berlin and Cologne. Um, that's like a short run tour in November. So, um, yeah, if you're interested, come along, come along if you're ever listening. And um, what else? Uh, I just, I've just been, uh, I'm about to tell the world about it this week, actually. I've just been, I just, uh, the first film I was ever acting in has just come out as for a production company in the Netherlands. So, to be on my acting career. Oh, amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, that's pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, man, just that's 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 me. I'm Jake Isaac. And, yeah, that's it. <laughs> and if people want to keep up to speed with when these dates are happening, um, yeah. any any sort of news on singles and albums and future works of yours, where's the best place to keep up to speed, mate? Yeah, all social media outlets. Um, but if you want it direct, live and direct, if you jump on my website, which is www.iamjakeisaac.com um, and sign up to the mailing list there and um, you'll be the first to hear about everything. Wonderful. Well, we'll tag, uh, if it's cool with you, we'll tag you on the socials when this episode drops so people haven't found you already, they can do so. Cheers, bro. Cheers. Thanks so much for having me. Jake, it's been an absolute pleasure, mate. I'm going to press stop. <laughs> Don't go anywhere, mate. Cheers. There you have it. Oh, thanks ever so much for listening. Um, how delightful was Jake? What a what a top lad. And uh, yeah, I, I, I mentioned it uh, when he was um, frantically running around trying to find his laptop charger. Go check out uh, Jake's music. It's it's stunning. It it, it really is. And um, go and check out the, the Spotify playlist to accompany this as well because that that track Georgia. Oh my life. That's that's a bit special. Um, yeah, go go check it out, and uh, and obviously it kicks off with Marvin Gaye, and let that reintroduce you into the joy that is Marvin Gaye and and a, and a back catalogue that is just so beautiful, and uh, and and go and get lost in that as well. Um, as I mentioned at the beginning, go check out the back catalogue. Uh, there's nearly 500 episodes with all your favourite musicians, actors, comedians, producers, DJs. Go go and have a look. You'll find loads of chats uh, from people that you're into. So go and enjoy that back catalogue. It's all for free. Um, I'd love it if you could go over to Patreon and uh, subscribe there for a, a dollar a month. If you can spare that 70 pence a month, um, it really does help to keep me doing the, the two free episodes I do each week uh, for you. Uh, so, yeah, you can uh, find out about that and everything else at the website, which is www.offthebeatandtrackpodcast.com. I'm back next time. Until then, be nice to each other. I'll see you soon. Bye-bye.